airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC already. We are working together as a team in this brand new year. It's, <laughs> this is only the second time this year that I'm... No, I, yeah. I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. <laughs> Anyways, um, thank you so much for joining Can us. Can you see her mouth? Well, yes. Okay. There we go. Beautiful. <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know. Sherry B was under the impression that I could see when she was mouthing things to me. <laughs> but here's what we don't take into consideration. Usually when we have a guest on mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we have, it's just a thumbs up or maybe sometimes yeah. two. And so those extend beyond the monitor. Yeah. But everything else is back there beyond the monitor. (laughs) But she's got the most beautiful smiling eyes. We watch it all show long. We just don't get to see the actual smile, right? Um, Anyway, no, so we're we're good. Hey, got a lot that we want to get to today in studio. We're going to have Abraham Hamilton, the third and fourth. There's (laughs) just just a little jokey joke. There's not a fourth, but there should be. I mean, mean, when 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 you've got someone holding the line, right? I mean, why stop at three? Like you should probably have. Okay, all right. Why not? Uh, it's just a joke. I call I call his wife though Maria Hamilton the third. What about yeah yeah I because agree. I think that's funny. Anyway, and, but he calls himself uh, Abraham Addison. Abraham Hamilton Addison. No. And what does he say? Abraham Addison. It's a running something joke. Something like that. He, he, yeah, he, he says something. I like use that. I use the Hamiltons as an example today in devotion with the kids. I say what devotion, is, but as we're studying the Word of really? God, to really help them understand something. Okay. And they really got it. And Mariah said out loud, "That would be sad." And so I was talking to uh-uh. them. <laughs> I, I, was, I was talking to them about Acts chapter thirteen. We're still in Acts chapter thirteen. I know we're, there's just so much to grind out of it. So I was talking to them about how the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. Right. And how when you get to the end, the Bible says you've got the apostles and you've got you've got the prophets and the teachers mm-hmm. and how they pray and they're fasting and, right. and they, you know, and the Holy Spirit speaks to them and then they pray and they fast and then they release them. And I think it says something to the effect of like they're, they, uh, what does it say? It says they sent them off, but the literal translation of it is that they released Release them. them. And so it has this connotation that, man, it was really difficult for them to do. And and so they were kind of looking at me with those, you know, Mm -hmm. inquisitive looks like, okay, like why? And I said, you have to remember, like, remember what we read in Acts chapter 11, you've got Barnabas and Saul who are at the church in Antioch for a whole year. Mm -hmm. They're growing, they're Mm -hmm. teaching. These people love them. It's the diverse, most diverse church, if you Mm -hmm. will. And, um, And now the Holy Spirit is saying, send them off. I said, it would be like Mr. Abe saying, Hey, the Lord has laid on my heart that, you know, our family, we need to leave. Mm. Man, I sucked the air out of the room so fast. <laughs> it was like, whew. and then Mariah said, that would be sad. Yeah. Like that would, but imagine that. Yeah. We don't often think about the emotion involved yeah. in what we're reading in the scriptures. But as much as I can, I want it to be alive for them. Right. I want them to understand we're talking about real people. You know what mm. I mean? Not just figures and characters. We're talking mm-hmm. about real people. 
And so anyway, and the Bible does a great job depicting that. We just kind of don't do a great job interpreting. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so let me say this from yesterday. We made a couple announcements. <laughs> we try. <laughs> we try to make announcements. Man, we stink at announcements. Well, we got to do better. Okay. I, practice makes perfect. I think we just need Somebody to. told me practice makes permanent. So you want to practice <laughs> okay. well if you want it to be perfect. That's true. So, yeah, we need to. Do you do remember it well. who said that to us? I remember the saying. I forgot who said it. We were missionaries and we were at his coach? campus. Oh, no. Uh, no, this uh. was years and years ago. He wasn't a coach. This was Joe Nate. Oh, Joe Nate. Uh, he Joe was a campus Nate. campus director at oh. uh, Tennessee Tech in Cookville, Tennessee. Yeah, Cookville, Tennessee. And uh, and he said he said, you know, people always say practice makes perfect. He said, that's a lie. <laughs> that's how we talk. He's, he's with the Lord now, by the yeah. way. Uh, but he said, that's a lie. He said, practice makes permanent. If you want it to be perfect, you got to practice well. <laughs> I think it's profound. Y'all feel free to use that if you want. You want to use that with your kids. You feel free. I, I think it's profound. I, I give him credit for yeah. that because I think it's really, really good. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, but not, if you imperfectly practice, then yeah. it's not perfect. Well, yeah, it's going to be bad. That's a lie. <laughs> Anyways, um, there's some people that just have a churchy voice. That's their normal Joe voice. Joe had a churchy voice. <laughs> and he could sing. Oh, man. man. Anyway, okay, man. here we go. Um, uh, so we tried to make some announcements. Yeah. We stink at announcements. Well, um, we're going to get better. We're going to get better. Perfect, <laughs> perfect practice. We're going to perfectly practice this That's so that right. we can get it right. I want to say thank you so much to one of our listeners, Janice, um, who was ridiculed us publicly. Uh. No, it was private. <laughs> it was private. It was a great message. She listens to us in Kentucky. Uh -huh. Shout out to Janice, who listens to us in K Kentucky. Mm -hmm. She sent us a message on the Aaron the Addison's Facebook page. And I want to read it because when I read it, it was hilarious to me. Okay. I was like, whoa. Okay. So this is what she said. Mm -hmm. You announced on your show yesterday that you would be at First Baptist Church in Fulton on January 19th. That is true. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me just say that to everyone listening. Here was Janice's question. Is that the First Baptist Church in Fulton, Alabama, Arkansas, <laughs> California, <laughs> Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, aye, Michigan, aye, aye. Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, New York, Ohio, <laughs> South Dakota, Texas, Tennessee, or Wisconsin? Wow. I didn't know they had as many Fultons. You know, and let me tell you, everyone who's listening who lives in one of those states is going, well, only our Fulton matters. Right. <laughs> so I thought this was a great question from yeah, our sister it is Janice. a great question. Yeah. <laughs> one that I didn't realize I, we hadn't said. And, and sure enough, we did not say Fulton, Mississippi. Wow. Mississippi, we did not say Fulton, Mississippi. The sip. Now, <laughs> on January the 19th, we will be at First Baptist Church. In Fulton, Mississippi. Are you sure? How many ways can we butcher an announcement? <laughs> Are you sure? You can get the church be. name wrong. Yeah. You can. We'll, you can just that? list a city that's any city USA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyways. So Fulton, Mississippi, January nineteenth. And what's the name of the church? First. First Baptist. First Baptist Church. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. In Fulton, Mississippi. What time? Seven a.m. Seven a.m. Sharp. Sharp. We're not going to be on. <laughs> sharp <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate your leadership hey you could be our friend too on our facebook page if you want just search airing the addisons yes or if you want to email us just email um addisons yeah. at afr.net which you do and we appreciate it we yeah. get your messages all the time thank you so much for that anyway um our, our sister said she was hoping that it was the one in kentucky uh, so there's a full maybe one Kentucky. Day. maybe so but i mean man <laughs> 
I didn't realize there were so many Fultons. I didn't either. I, you know, I I'd like to know the history of that name and why yeah, it's who so was popular Ful- who in Who was States. Fulton? Or, it probably was a person. I, I, I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right. I, I would like to know who probably Fulton like General was Fulton to you and what probably. Fulton did. Yeah, that's right. I bet you there's someone who's leaning in, going, "Well, now I'll tell you." <laughs> <laughs> Back in, anyways. Um, all right. So moving on because we got a lot of information that we want to get to, and I do want to make sure I open the phone lines up today. We had a lot of calls come in. Um, when I gave the wrong phone number, the calls did not come in. That was another message in uh, Erin Addison's inbox. Yes. It was like, what's the number? Yeah, I, I saw that one. You saw that? Oh, okay. It wasn't as funny. Um, <laughs> it was cutting dry. It's w- like... wasn't as funny as what Janice said. Thank you, Janice, for your humor and your wit and your quick Google searches. I mean, Janice, I don't think you knew that Fulton was Man, in Janice, all those you states. Might, I don't know. Sleep on Janice. She okay, know, I'm sorry. Maybe Janice just Fultons. knew that. I just don't know, Janice. <laughs> I don't know, Janice. Well. Anyways, um, it, it might be true. All right, so, so moving on. Uh, Saved by the Bell is expected to have a reboot that mm. is going to be on NBC Universal Streaming Service. NBC Universal Streaming Service. They call the streaming service Peacock. That's NBC's, I guess, attempt to get into the streaming market, you know, mm-hmm. your Netflixes and your Amazon yeah. and, and all of that stuff. So Netflix is, uh, has announced, no, I'm sorry, NBC Universal, Peacock is the streaming service. They have announced that they are going to do a reboot for the Saved by the Bell classic. You I remember used to this? watch that show. So did I. On Saturdays. Yeah. That, I liked it. That's, yeah, it was, I mean, it was fun. It was our age group, right? Yeah. That's, what, that's what we watched. This Saved by the Bell reboot um, is moving forward with a young man mm-hmm. whose name was J.J. Tota. J.J. Mm. Tota. He now calls himself Josie Tota mm. and has announced, or two years ago, he announced that he's transgender. Yikes. So here's the storyline. This young man, who I think is 19 years old right now, but this young man who wants to be called Josie Tota, um, I'm going to go with J.J. Yeah, me too. Right? Um, will play a character named Lexi, mm. described as, quote, beautiful, sharp tongue, a cheerleader, and the most popular girl at Bayside High, end wow. quote. Um, this description goes on to, des- to describe this young man who will be playing a girl um, as admired and feared by her classmates. Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Berkeley, who starred in the original Saved by the Bell from 1989 to 1993, will reprise their roles as A.C. Slater and Jesse Spano in the revival. Hmm. The new series will explore what happens when California Governor Zach Morris, so Zach (laughs) is coming back as governor. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Anyway, played by Mark Mark Paul Gosler, closes many of the state's low-income high schools and reassigns affected students to higher-performing schools including Bayside High. So there's going to be a lot wow. of social justice worrying <laughs> right. in this. They <laughs> already not, have the star of it as a it. transgender oh girl. Goodness. Okay. Now, wow. the reason we said that, <laughs> just it, it's happening. Just get ready for it, okay? Wow. The reason we say you have to pick your kids' heroes. Mm-hmm. You don't let culture pick your kids' heroes. Oh, unless you want them be- messed up. This is what they do with them. <laughs> right. All right? And, and man, you know, remarkably, Disney has done an incredible job of creating sexually confused adults. Mm. So these kids, wow. their parents hand them over to be somebody's Groomed entertainment and, Disney and, and yeah, yeah, privately. Yeah. OK, um, not intentionally. Right. But these child actors grow up and disclose this information. Right. 
I mean, it this is a, this should be yeah. enough to start. If you've got grown women mm. who are talking about being taken advantage of in Hollywood as grown women, mm. why do we expect that our children can right. be sent off to Hollywood and right. that it would be anything different? Right. But you've got Disney consistently producing sexually mm-hmm. confused, morally reprehensible adults. Right. They kind of go into this filter as children mm-hmm. and then they come out sexually confused yeah. Demi Lovato mm-hmm. uh, probably the biggest one that people that comes to mind is uh, Miley Cyrus yeah now let me say this again this kid JJ Tota mm-hmm. was a, a boy a, mm-hmm. a little boy actor on the series Jesse mm-hmm. people remember that series yeah I think we have a clip this is just a short clip you'll hear the interaction between um, JJ Tota and another one of the female characters where his, his quote unquote little young crush. Mm-hmm. But listen, here we go. This is him as a little boy. Listen. Hey, Tony. Hey, Jesse. <laughs> Seward, will you give me some space? I only need one shadow. <laughs> Your eyes sparkle like the ocean. My eyes are brown. <laughs> Your eyes sparkle like the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. You know, our kids actually, um, a few years back, watched Jesse, old episodes Mm -hmm. of Jesse. And then we stopped them because the characters were increasingly disrespectful. Disrespectful. They were rude to their parents. Mm -hmm. They were rebellious. And you understand, again, when you put these characters in front of your children, you are saying to your children, here are your role models. Mm. These are the people you should be like. Mm. So we're very careful with that. But then again, you look ahead And what happens is your kids grow up with these Disney characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, there is the character Zendaya or Mm -hmm. Zendaya. Zendaya. Okay. Mm -hmm. Former Disney star. Mm -hmm. Now taking her talents in my uh, LeBron James voice, taking her talents (laughs) to pro LGBTQ. And as as your kids, heroes, they grow up with them and they begin to take on what they're doing. Because, hey, that's... Miley Cyrus. That's that, Zendaya. Exactly right. I used to watch her, you know. And so they man. feel a sense of, I can trust their decisions mm. because I have grown up trusting them. And what's worse than that is that they believe that their parents have commended these people to them. Exactly. You are saying to them, hey, they're okay. They're, okay. they're all yeah, right. Yeah. And you know what? That's mm. exactly the way our culture would have it. Wow. That's exactly the way entertainment would have it. That is exactly the way Hollywood would have it. Right. All right. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. When we come back, Abraham Hamilton the third and the fourth will join us. <laughs> so make sure you stay close. Beatback music. Let's go. Man, I done had it. Dude, you can have it. Cats is only going to church to learn to stack the cabbage. Multiple collections, man, agreed is wreaking havoc. Dudes becoming preachers because they want to be living lavish. Man, this is madness. Pastors is savage. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. <laughs> Somebody just looked down at the dial and they were like, man, I'm really liking this. Who is this young man? <laughs> Some whippersnapper they call no, the we, chosen one. You can't reveal the speaks, identity of speaks of providence. All right, that's fine. We will keep all of those things a secret. Um, we are so glad that you are joining us today to talk about um, the state of our country. We talk about this on a regular basis, but also to talk about the role of the church mm-hmm. and the spiritual decline in our nation. The church really is installed to be salt and light, but... You get to the place where, Abe, it appears that we have maybe faltered on that. 
and maybe we're here now. So talk a little bit about your observations that you make. And I know that you're doing this on a daily basis, observing what's happening in the culture, the church's maybe failed role in culture, and then how the American Family Association is responding. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I think several things are happening all at the same time uh, in our nation concerning the state of the church. One of the first things that I think that the, that the Lord is um, revealing in his sovereignty is that the church is not as big mm-hmm. <laughs> as many in our country may think it is mm-hmm. if we have the uh, tendency to allow uh, building sizes and even romanticized views of history to influence how we perceive the church uh, just to simply put everything that we may call church I don't think God is in agreement with mm. Mm. what do you mean when you <laughs> say um, this romanticized history of the church like do you yeah. think that we have this collective thought that it was you know better that the engagement was better what do you mean by that yeah, I, I mean that on several fronts. So first of all, I think uh, when we see what's happening currently, I'll give an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's been outcry with the recent uh, penchant by uh, the Obama administration to Im- impose uh, sexual confusion upon the public school system and the latter part of his administration. There were a lot of Christians who were uh, vehemently opposed to that. Yet at the same time, we had accepted a system of, of education that intentionally instructs our children to base their entire worldview around an anti-Christ ideology. Mm. And we were perfectly content with that. It took the, the extra push to go further. Say, hey, now you're trying to tell my, my little junior, little Johnny, that a man is not a man and a woman is not a woman. But I'm saying, but yo, years ago, they told your little junior, little Johnny that there is no God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we not only send our children to those <laughs> institutions, but we deem them as higher authorities on mm. on all things intellectual, intelligent. What do you think is the logic behind that? Like, wh- what do you think was the rationale mm. in, in, in our parental minds? Like, what yeah. were we thinking? Do you think that we thought our kids were better able to resist those subtle attacks on, say, like the authority of Scripture? Or do you think we just kind of thought, oh, well, that doesn't really matter. I can, you know... What yeah, do you think I, I think it's kind of like a like a UTEP two step. So when this original push happened uh, early on, I'm talking about mid 19th century, mm-hmm. when many of us would think, well, America was far more Christian then. You know, I, I think it was uh, a yielding to the siren song of the Enlightenment mm-hmm. and to ra- the rationalism era in the elevation of of mental acuity mm. and. Idolatry biblically is not a wholesale rejection of the Yahweh of the Bible. Yeah. It is elevating to the same level of the Yah- as the Yahweh of the Bible, everything else. Mm-hmm. And so when you have this desire, well, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower, but I'm smart too. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not dumb because I believe in a God. Mm-hmm. And I think in the, in the mid-19th century, that was a part of the embrace. And so then that adjustment becomes normalized. Mm-hmm. New generations are sprung up. And so that becomes a normal stasis. And so then we just become accustomed to the fact that, well, yeah, we have an educational system that, syst- that systematically excludes the knowledge of God, but we still got to get an education. Man, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and so what that says, nobody says this necessarily verbally, mm-hmm. but what it says is that it's important to us for our children to be smart, to attend the highest uh, levels of education, to achieve the most uh, accomplishments that they can naturally, while simultaneously by making that stance, we're downgrading mm-hmm. uh, what the scripture says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have embraced the world's esteem of what is uh, intellectual achievement uh, to the exclusion of Christ. And then we try to fit Christ in in the margins mm-hmm. around that. And, mm-hmm. and so those things have boiled over. Like I was in a meeting this morning um, when we were talking about 
the the fallout from the Obergefell decision. I yeah. said, listen, let's let's just be honest. Uh, politics policy follows culture. Yeah, the Obergefell decision followed a continual effort of people trashing the biblical ethos of human sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm. And when I talk about trashing, and I talked about this on the radio on, um, on my show last night, similar to the educational discussion before, there are lots of people who get up in arms about homosexual violations of God's standards for human sexuality. But how many people are talking about <laughs> God's standards for human sexuality in a heterosexual context? Mm. Yeah. With Come fornication on. and mm. adultery. When was right. the last time we had a pulpit of flame over those things? Yeah. Mm. Those are equal violations of God's of God's standards. Of course, you have a, a, a utter perversion in Margum the Imago Day through homosexual violations. But when do we become comfortable with fornicative yeah. relationships and adulterous right. Right. relationships to where we can't even have conversations about those without being called Pharisees? So mm-hmm. have we willfully walked into where we are now? Um, have we just kind of um, been kind of pulled into where we are as a church? Where, how does this happen? I understand, like, so you have all these influences and, and we, you know, choose to ignore it. I know that in um, the early 19th century, that you also had um, institutions of higher learning kind of pushing back against that, you know, the infiltration of those institutions uh, mm-hmm. with, with secular philosophies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you had men who undertook to train young men in the word of God, you know what I'm saying? Um, giving way to some of our well-respected institutions, universities in this country. So you have a history of some response, but, why has that not been enough? Or, or maybe it has been. I mean, you know, 21st century America, maybe we have kind of pushed back a little bit. And, and now maybe it seems like we just, I don't know. How, how has this yeah. happened? Uh, it, it's been, as the scripture says, you know, sin grows as a man travels, you know, one step at a time. And, and I know, I've heard you say repeatedly, the Lord's call is for uh, his remnant to be, fa- to be faithful in each generation. Amen. And I think the way that the ebbs and flows have allowed for the metastasization, if you will, of, of the sinfulness that we see prevalent is that we've had um, what becomes um, tolerated in one adri- one generation becomes normalized in the next. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and that is what mm-hmm. we're facing. Like even now, um, you know, we know, because I know we talk about it, how rife our culture is saturated pornography. We live in a pornographic culture. Yeah. yeah. There are things where our ancestors, prior generations would have immediately recognized as pornographic today. It's live people in the mall. Yeah. Mm. You know, like yeah. I never get outside of an Abercrombie and Fitch. I'm like, right, right. Put right. some clothes on. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, put some clothes on. But that's normal. And then you have the societal pressure. You know, there's a, a a societal faux pas, in my opinion, that thinks that peer pressure is something that only influences children. No, no. <laughs> Come on, Abe. Tell the mm, truth. No, no. That's, it, no, no. Yeah, that's right. There's a great temptation that many adults fall under to want to fit in, mm-hmm. to want to be liked, mm-hmm. to want to be accepted. And so those forces converge to create, you know, the toothless tiger, which is why I think our Lord was so impactful by saying, yo, a, a salt, salt that loses its saltiness, man, what, a good, what good is it for? Mm-hmm. I deposit you to be salt, right. not to be window dressing, not to be uh, standards by, stand by standards, uh, to watching things go around and just shaking your finger at it. No, but I, I invested you in the earth and it's time to be salt and light. And so to bring it back to your original question, uh, what we're seeking to accomplish with these town hall events is just that. Listen. God deposited us in the earth, in the places of our geographical boundaries for his purposes. Mm-hmm. The Lord didn't just say, you know what? Randomly, I'd allow for you guys to be alive now. No, he sovereignly deposited us in the 21st century so that we can be 
to our generation what our forebears in the faith were to their generation. Mm -hmm. You had the Athanasiuses, you know, the Polycarps to others. You know, the world is against mm -hmm. you, Athanasius. Athanasius, well, <laughs> I guess Athanasius is against the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And naturally speaking, that may sound like a like a like a bold and almost an arrogant statement, but it's not an arrogant statement when his stand is built on something as fundamental as the eternal preexistence of Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. You know, by having a stance that says, you know, I, I don't I'm not going to allow my children to be indoctrinated by the world. That's not radical. Biblically speaking, mm -hmm. it's radical to a culture that doesn't know the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And so what we're seeking to accomplish is to simply encourage the, bo the body of Christ and say, listen, difficulty is not something that's strange to, to the Lord's bride. In fact, the Lord's church was birthed within the context of difficulty. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Paul writing about honoring the king when you have Nero lighting up Christians like tiki torches. Mm. You know, and, in, and as well, in our time today, uh, difficulty culturally is the norm for the body of Christ outside of America yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. So what we are simply in, endeavoring to encourage the body of Christ to do is to recognize difficulty is not something that's new for the body of Christ. And the Lord not only allows us to be, and he's placed us in its time to shine forth his truth so that people, people will be able to access, will be able to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ to be converted. And as a result of being converted personally, become agents of that conversion conversion and agents of that transformation uh, working out society. So so coming to these town halls, um, if I if I was in one of these areas, what can I expect uh, mm. to, to hear? You know, is it going to be uh, political talk or is it going to be biblical? Is it going to be a mess of both? Like what what am I going to hear if I come? Well, I, I think that's always an interesting conversation for me because um, I don't think the Lord would divide up our witness into categories of political mm -hmm. of these other categories. I think that's something that we do. But that's fine. It helps us to understand different things. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I endeavor to communicate at this town on in particular is a biblical case for cultural engagement. Okay. That cultural engagement includes what I refer to as our, uh, our liberty stewardship. The Lord has blessed us living in a nation where we have freedoms, where we live in the Constitutional Republic. Mm -hmm. But it's not limited mm -hmm. to civic stewardship, which is why one of the things you hear me say is that, listen, we have to certainly come out every four years for presidential elections. Right. But if your engagement is limited... To presidential elections, you may want to check your witness. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is Good. Dubuque, Iowa. This is the yes. one that's coming up um, most recently, and yeah. our listeners next week. Next mm. week, yeah, next Thursday. We stink at announcements. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I just want that on record. I could get a T-shirt made for people. The Addison stink at announcements. Like this we don't. I'm not the best. We don't know. <laughs> so, next week too. so just <laughs> um, you know. So just Dubuque, Iowa. Um, there is a town hall that's coming up. You're speaking at this one. Yes. As well as Walker Wildman. And Rob Chambers. And Rob Chambers. Yes. Anybody else? That and Wesley <laughs> Wildman will be hosting. All right. Anything else? <laughs> if we stink at announcements. Just well, it, it, it's, man, and I'm really excited for people to hear Rob is, and I hope he doesn't get mad at me if he does. I guess it's too late because it's, it's okay. already done. We're all um, family around he, here. He's going to make a presentation, man, that I encourage everybody to come out to hear on Josiah, King Josiah. Mm -hmm. uh, making applications for our time today, and uh, you, you, and I know it may sound like I'm overhyping things, but if you are in the area or if you can come to Dubuque, Iowa, mm -hmm. you should come. Mm -hmm. I, I'm grateful to know that there are people, uh, a lot of people who've already registered. The event is free of charge; there's no charge to you, mm -hmm. uh, but you do need to register in order to come. So you need to go to afa.net/dubuque, D-U-B-U-Q-U-E, Dubuque to register. You have to register. Uh, but once you've registered, you can get your face in the place. 
one sixteen, January sixteenth, six thirty p.m. Yes, um, it's happening at Grand River Conference Center, mm-hmm. five hundred Bell Street in Dubuque. And so, if you're in the area, if you're around there at all, um, you're not going to want to miss this. One last question, Abe: uh, Why is why are these town halls happening at a critical time in our nation's history, in your opinion? Yeah, I think we're at a critical juncture. Where we're at the place where we either will turn back somewhat away from the continuous slide towards, I would say, utter national apostasy, mm-hmm. um, or if we're going to go over the cliff. And um, I think it's important for people to understand what has happened mm-hmm. uh, in light of the scripture, first and foremost, and secondarily, historically, and then to be keenly aware of what could happen should we choose to fall down on our watch. You know, I, mm-hmm. y'all know I say all the time, darkness is not an affirmative force. It merely reoccupies the space that's vacated by the light. There's a guy who does that in the opening of your show. He's got a (laughs) (laughs) radio sounding voice. At the beginning of your show, it does that. Yeah, and and the the rhetorical question to offer is whether or not we will shine in our hour or whether or not we will allow our space to be reoccupied. Mm -hmm. You know, that that is the fundamental question. And and I say repeatedly, uh, what happens in your house is far more important than what's happening in the White House. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to project, project onto national political figures all of our angst and concern. But my question is, what's going on in our homes? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I know you guys talk about culture proofing our families. You know, that's real. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that doesn't start with our children. It starts with us. Amen. Amen. You know, what are that's we right. consuming? What that's are right. we engaging in? What are we allowing? And uh, our hope and our goal, man, is to be a little uh, encouragement to light the flicker that each member of the bride who would show up, um, that would stir up the gifts, man, to be useful and functional in the time that God has placed us in when we show up. Amen. You know, I'm not sure that, um, and just because we have a few more time, Abe, I know yeah. I said one last question, but just oh, we have cool. a few more time, so if I could just kind of ring out. As I don't know, y'all, can. break the music and all of that, so oh, I was no. trying to be con- concise. <laughs> concise. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah that's okay. You know, we just yeah. keep going. Just keep um, here we go. Um, I don't think that there are any small issues that we're dealing with in culture today. Do you agree with me on that? Do you? Th- I, I mean, I know that there's some people who would want to dismiss some of the things that we see happening mm-hmm. in the news headlines. But I really believe that all of the things that we are witnessing happening inside the church, inside government, within our borders, within our communities, in our public school system, private school system, with our families, I think all of these things portend the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. What, what I, do you I, think, see? I think you're absolutely right. And I used the example yesterday on the show. Uh, I, I paired um, the imminent schism in the United Methodist Church mm-hmm. with... Um, the statement by the actress Michelle Williams, I never heard her before this. I don't watch oh, her stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna talk about um, that after to the where <laughs> she basically celebrated the ability to kill her child in the womb um, <laughs> as it enabled her to, and this is her words, to build a life carved out by her own hand. That's yeah. what she said. That's what she yep. said. Yep. And I said, now on, on the surface, it may seem like those things are isolated, but the reality is they are connected mm-hmm. because one of the chief idols in America that goes unaddressed is sex yeah <laughs> you have people saying we want to change a church because they want to violate god's standards in a particular way and the same thing as as with killing children in the womb and to your point about borders and all of these things mm-hmm. they absolutely do portend the return of our lord which is why it is incumbent upon the body of christ to be aware yeah. and to be engaged sons That's of Issachar, right. recognizing what's happening and knowing how we are to respond and so hopefully uh, through these town halls, we will help the body of Christ to understand and to respond. Amen. And and may it be true. May it be true. Abe, thank you so much. Always great yeah, to hear from you. you. You can go to afa.net slash Dubuque. 
uh, January 16th is this town hall meeting happening at Grand River, the Grand River Conference Center there in Dubuque. All right, we got to grab the break. We'll be right back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay close. acknowledgement of the choices I've made and I'm also grateful to have lived at a moment in our society where choice exists because as women and as girls things can happen to our bodies that are not our choice. I've tried my very best to live a life of my own making, and not just a series of events that happened to me, but one that I had carved with my own hand, and I wouldn't have been able to do this without employing a woman's right to choose. To choose when to have my children and with whom. When I felt supported and able to balance our lives, knowing as all mothers know that the scales must and will tip towards our children. Now, I know my choices might look different than yours, but thank God or whomever you pray to that we live in a country founded on the principle that I am free to live by my faith and you are free to live by yours. So women, 18 to 118, when it is time to vote, please do so in your own self-interest. It's what men have been doing for years. That's a bit of an inconsistent message, isn't it? Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll just get your your calls queued up because we're going to talk <sighs> about this. And as you call in, we'll allow you to be a part of the discussion as well. 888-589-8840 on it today. 888-589-8840. You want to comment on anything we've discussed, you can call us right now and be a part of the discussion. Uh, 888-589-8840. That's Michelle Williams. Um, accepting her award for best performance by an actress in a limited series or a motion picture made for television. <laughs> okay. I mean, I never these heard of her. categories I here, was. they're going to just continue on because, you know, it, best this, actress yeah. in a movie that ran once and didn't, didn't run. I mean, <laughs> right. come on, this is ridiculous. But look, that's a bit of a contradiction there that you just heard coming from Michelle Williams on Sunday night at the Golden Globes. She talked about men... Um, having voted their own interest, their own self-interest for a long time. Now, isn't it interesting, though, because to be consistent with the feminist mantra, the feminist sort of outcry, it would be that women are the playthings of men. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't it be true that if men were voting their own interest, that they would want to vote in favor of just indiscriminately murdering a baby so that they are not linked to the consequences of their actions? Yeah. So how is it that you link your right to choose as some sort of rebellion against men walking in their masculinity or you're, it's sort of this, you know, quote unquote, resisting the patriarchy. Mm. But you would imagine that if men have been voting their interest that they were, they would have been voting that yes, we want, we don't want to have any consequences. Yeah. Speaking of consequences, 
Hollywood consistently reveals to us what they mean when they say choice. Right. They don't mean choice because women in most cases, because we only like to talk about the small percentage of women that have been raped or where there's a situation of incest. That's what we focus on. Although now, not so much. We just are now shouting our abortion. We just don't care in this country. Right. (laughs) But we, when she says choice, she's not talking about choosing before she conceives. No, no. What she is talking about is choosing consequences for her choices. Right. Right. And and you can see the selfishness. You can see that it is not what they what they used to try to play up as like, you know, uh, you know, the health of 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 the mother or what all that stuff that they try to try to play up. It's this is strictly what she said so she can carve out her career the way that she wanted to. Absolutely. She wanted the choice you know, to to do what she did so that she can have it her way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sans the consequences. That's right. That's you know? exactly right. That is exactly right. And and this is the country that we live in. And we all must come to understand that when we say knowing where we live will determine how we live, because we used to have to approach these things with, oh, we need compassion. We need understanding. Mm-hmm. And we still do need those things. But we have to understand also that we have resistance, mm-hmm. resistance that is not about responding to your compassion, responding to your understanding. It is brazen and yeah. it is rebellion against God. Right. Let me also remind you of another Michelle that we mentioned last month, Michelle mm. Wolf. Yeah. Michelle Wolf, who in her stand up joking, mm-hmm. all right, on her net Netflix special, said that her abortion made her feel very powerful paraphrasing her, it made her feel like God. And and think about this as a consistent mm-hmm. message. This is not about choice pre the act of relation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you understand what I'm saying. This is about consequence. This is about, quote unquote, playing God, saying that I don't have to be subject to what God has set in motion. And what it is, is strictly an immorality problem. If you If you don't want that, the choice that you need to make is not to have sex. Yeah. Like yeah. not... You, know, you see what I'm saying? Like they they want to have they want to be sinful, mm-hmm. but avoid all consequences yeah. that come with sin. That's the that's, that's like, what they on. are saying. They want the choice. They want the choice over the consequences. Right. Sex outside of marriage. They want. And even if they're married, they want because it seems like is she pregnant now? This she, lady? she is engaged to an actor. She has a 14 year old child that um, she mothered with the late Heath Ledger. Oh, she has okay. a 14 year old daughter, I think, that uh, whose dad was the late Heath yeah. Ledger and she's pregnant now for one of the producers of Hamilton, the, the Broadway um, musical Hamilton. Okay. So she just chose that the, the one that was before this. I don't want so that. So the one. poor child, I don't want that the one. poor child that Michelle Williams Man. murdered was just inconvenient. Wow. Was inconvenient. So At she stands time. up, she stands up. Now remember we're talking wow. about, and we're going to go to the phone lines here. Remember we're talking about an awards show. So in the long line of thanking their managers, Mm -hmm. thanking their agents, (laughs) thanking these studio producers. Mm -hmm. Michelle Williams thanks the child she murdered because I wouldn't be standing here today Mm. if not for your blood on my hands. Oh, my goodness. Guys, that's the country that we live in today. That's where we live. That's where we live, where you can stand up Mm. and you can hold a gold statue and you can say, I want to thank my mom and my dad for believing in me. Oh, and also the baby that I killed because I wouldn't be here today right. if not for that. Right. Man. All right. 
<clears throat> let let us go to the phone lines. Where do we go? Go to John in Tennessee. Hi, John. Hello. I really appreciate your program. I'm a minister, and, um, you know, you uh, are on the cutting edge of what God's trying to do in America. But, you know, I've heard so many Christians say, well, I vote. I don't vote for homosexuality or abortion. I vote. Well, listen, God has put us in control of America. Hmm. If you were a man and you had a friend in a car with you and you pulled up to a bank and he said, I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to go rob this bank and come out. You would be prosecuted for sharing in the bank robbery, just as though we will be brought before God and judge for a way we've allowed this country to get into all this fornication, mm. all the homosexuality, and especially the abortion. Mm. You know, you ask these people to stand up for Christ and the biblical principles of God, yet they won't even give up a chicken sandwich. Mm. Come on, John. Wow. Thank you. Look, Man. he is on it. Yeah. Okay, he is on it. We are yeah. unwilling to make the types of sacrifices necessary to see the type of changes we want. Because right? we don't really want it. Like, you got to survey your heart. You know, I'm looking at, when we talk about the entertainment, you know, and we don't like to say this, but if we're real, we are lovers of pleasures mm-hmm. more than lovers of God at times. We, you know, when we don't want to give up this, oh, no, I'm not, you know, man, that stuff has a hold on us you mm-hmm. know there's any entertainment anything like that that you like nah, but I, that's my show man. that's my man so what are you saying but you the know? spirit of god said that this is how we would be in these days that we would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god and i know there are liberties and i know that of you course. know but man like when it comes down to it, we have to survey our heart to see where our heart is really come on you're absolutely right i agree with you i agree with you let's go back to the phone lines 888-589-8840 Okay, let's go to Todd in Louisiana. Hi, Todd. Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I just want to comment. I want to comment on the lady that says, thank God she lives in a country that gives her a right to choose, you know, to abort her child or not. Mm-hmm. But actually, she doesn't have a right. Come on. You know, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said that you were bought for a price. And that was the blood of Jesus. And uh, I want to say one thing. The people out there, all the women out there that think it's okay to kill their children, why don't they just go to adoption? You know, there's so many women out there that mm-hmm. cannot have children. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you got to do, if you, don't, if you don't want the child, just have the child adopted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to hang up and listen to you. And one more thing. Jesus Christ, God Almighty says, my children perish for the lack of knowledge. Come on. I'm going to hang up and listen to you. Come on, Brother Todd. Thank you, Todd. Thank you so much. Appreciate you calling in. Love your accent, by the way, if I could just tell you that, that Louisiana <laughs> accent. He asked about, our brother asked about uh, adoption mm. versus abortion. I have some interesting numbers here in front of me. Um, this information coming from the organization Live Action. It's interesting that our brother Todd asked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Planned Parenthood um, does not care about adoption. Mm. They are not interested in truly Uh, helping a woman with choice. You understand Mm -hmm. it is just about aborting babies last year. So from 2018 to 2019 Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood aborted 
81 babies for every one adoption referral that they made. Wow. Wow. Last year, 2018 to 2019, Planned Parenthood aborted 81 babies for every one adoption referral they made. They made 4,279 referrals for adoption. But listen to this. I want to say this and we'll go back to the phone lines because I think people need to understand, again, knowing where you live will affect how you live, okay? Mm. This is where we live, guys. Mm. To the bride of Christ, this is Christian living in 21st century America. The Planned Parenthood Federation of America aborted 345,672 babies during the 2018 fiscal year. This is according to their own reporting. Planned Parenthood's 2018-2019 annual report shows that the organization performed 12,915 more abortions than their 2018 fiscal year, uh, than their 2017 fiscal year. So look, we think in this country, because we've got a pro-life president and pro-life people who surround him, we have told ourselves, oh, we're doing well. No, Planned Parenthood aborted more babies in 20, between 2018 and 2019, excuse me, than they did in 2017 and 2018. So more babies are still being murdered in Mm. this country. Mm. We still have blood coming up to our necks in this country. Yeah. We have to cry out over this. And we are deceived if we think, oh, it's all good. Man, that stuff has to be judged. (laughs) That's innocent blood. You know, um, one of the Democrat candidates, I think she's still in the race. I don't know. Is Klobuchar still in the race? I mean, she's uh, still talking about and, and, and touting I think she is. Planned Parenthood and the, the great work that they're doing and the, the, the important services that they provide for women. Uh, when 50 percent of their services in 2018, 2019 were referring people, referring women for mammograms and health checks and things like that. They don't do those things. They claim that they do. But they don't do those things. They make referrals for those things. Mm. You understand? Mm -hmm. It's easy for them to refer women for breast exams and things like that, but incredibly difficult for them to refer women to adoption agencies. Mm. They just can't find it in themselves to do it. Let's try to squeeze in one more phone call. Will the Great, where do we go? Let's go to uh, Steve in Oklahoma. Hi, Steve. Hi, thank you. Uh, I hope I can get this out the way I mean it. But they're not only asking for a choice, which they like you said, take when they don't choose not to, when they choose to get pregnant, but they're asking to reverse that choice, but not only to reverse it on their own, they're asking, they're trying to force the government and the taxpayers to Mm. pay for Mm -hmm. somebody else to reverse that choice Mm -hmm. for them, because they're not going to abort their own child, they're Mm going to have somebody else do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. Yes, about that. absolutely. That's exactly we right. live in a wicked culture that wants to make us complicit in their sin mm-hmm. and their rebellion against God. Maybe we can squeeze in one more call. Thank you so much, Steve in Oklahoma. We appreciate it. Where do we go next? Marlo in Arkansas. Hi, Marlo. Hello. God bless y'all for what y'all are doing. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, why do we let the godless control the language? Why they all, you know, that whatever they say is totally backwards of what it really is. Mm-hmm. Why do we not call it assassination instead of abortion? Because that's what it's all about. It's all about the green sense. They get money from the government. They get the money back to the government to get them elected. It just drives me crazy that we don't, uh, you know, change the language. And God bless y'all. God bless mm, you, Now, too. that's really interesting, you know, because I, in, in thinking about that, when the difference between an assassination and a murder is that it's linked to political gain, it's a religious reasons, or there's some kind of monetary gain linked to that murder. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But look, I, I, I cannot disagree with, with Marlo's basic premise there mm-hmm. that there is another reason behind why we murder babies at such a clip in this country. Mm. Marlo, I'm going to be thinking about that. Hmm. Why, why? I mean, the question would then be, why are we allowing for the assassination of so many babies? And it's linked to monetary gain. Yeah. You're right. All right. Thanks, Marlo. I appreciate your call. <laughs> Aaron the Addison's until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.